This morning, I want you to turn to two portions of your scripture. I'm going to share a lot of scripture this morning, but the text is going to be in Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12. We'll go to 1 Corinthians 12 first. You can put your fingers in both of those. And what we're talking about this morning, what is your ministry? Or what's my ministry? And we've been talking about three questions. We talked about why am I here? We know that we're here to know God, to grow in God, and to glow for God, to make him known. And last week, Pastor Josh talked about what is, what is God's will for my life? And so this morning, what I want to do is all these are, all of us have been given gifts. How many of you believe every one of you have been given a gift from God? Yes. Say, I got a gift. And so what I want you to do is if everybody has a gift... You know, that, that there's, there's, there's big promises with part of those gifts. And all of us have been given gifts. We've all been called to ministry. But here's the thing. I want you to look around the room, and I want you to look at all the people in here. Just, just look around. Some of you have been wanting to see who's sitting behind you. You, to, you know, just say, oh, okay, that's all right. And then, so just look. And um, the people that are in this building, think about it. Everybody that's in this building has a family. They have friends, they have co-workers, they have people that they're, they're around a lot. And I know this, is that and there are people that we will never meet, but you'll meet them because they're your friends, they're your family. And, and I've realized this, I can't win your friends, all your friends to Jesus, but you can. But we can, right? That's a bad... When I say right, I mean, I ask you a question, you can say yes. Come on, I've been, I've been in churches where they've been excited. They even throw out handkerchiefs and say, I give up. But here it is. You know, what my job as a pastor is this. Is it, my job is to actually equip you to do the ministry. My, not, not do the ministry. My job is to equip you to do the ministry. In Ephesians, it kind of gives a portion of Scripture. That there's different offices, and it says, that, and he gave apostles and prophets and evangelists and shepherds, that means pastors and teachers, to equip the saints, that's you, for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. How do you, how do you know... How, how do you know your ministry? Man, I love coming here because y'all always ask great questions. How do I know? What, what, do, what do you, what, did you know most people in the Bible that were great men and great women did not and were not part of a vocational ministry? I mean, they just weren't. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were not. If you look in, in Genesis and Abraham, he was known as Abram. He says he was very rich and he had livestock, silver, and gold. We know that he wasn't a preacher if he had all that. So, and then we know that his son, Isaac, and it says Isaac sowed in the land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. And he was blessed in Genesis. And Isaac was a farmer. If you're a farmer, he was a, Isaac was a farmer. Then we know that David and Amos were shepherds. Nehemiah was a cupbearer. We know that Matthew was an IRS agent, which shows that God can use anybody. Amen. And we also see that Peter, Andrew, James, and John were fishermen. And Mark, it said, immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat which, uh, with the hired servants and followed him. They were employees. They had employees. They had a business. They had people that worked for them. They were responsible for making sure that people's needs were met. And so here it is. We know that Paul, I'm, going, I'm trying to show you, these were just regular people that God can use anybody. I used to have an Italian friend, and I'm going to use King James Version. He said, if God can, uh, his name was Papa Son, he said, if God can use an ass in the Bible, which is a donkey, King James Version, He's, he can use anybody him. And that's the truth. God can use anybody. 
And so here it is. You see that, that what happens is in Paul, and we see Paul and we, found, we find that uh, he's a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus, recently came from Italy with his wife Priscilla because Claudius had uh, commanded all the Jews to leave Rome. And he went to see them. And because he was uh, of the same trade, he stayed with them and worked. And they were tent makers by trade. So he just stayed. And Paul, the greatest apostle he, 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 that ever lived, made tents. That, that was his occupation. And then we see in Colossians that Luke, the beloved servant, greets you. Anyway, Luke was a physician. We know that Rahab was a working girl. Okay, anybody know who Rahab was? Okay, Rahab was a prostitute. Okay, she, and what happened is Rahab was a working girl, you know, but she was a shopkeeper as well. She had her own shop. And she, we, she, obviously she repented and got saved. And actually Jesus is part of the lineage of Rahab. Rahab is his great, 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 great grandmother. That may shock some of you. But what happened is, you see, God can use anybody. All these people in Scripture were not pastors. They were people like you. They didn't have a job like I have. They had a job like you have. Does that make sense? So God, in, through the Scriptures, don't, don't, don't just think that, you know, God only uses preachers or pastors. Maybe you watch a bad TV program at 2 o'clock in the morning, and you think that's, that's the only people that he uses. They're on at 2 o'clock, all right? So just let me let you know that. The reality is, is, for all of us, God wants to use everyone here in this room. You have influence and you have opportunity to share with people. The, the, only thing from you, the only thing keeping you from sharing with someone about what God has done in your life and what he can do in other people's, up, other people's lives is opening your mouth. You ever have those dreams where you, like, I've had dreams where like the devil's in my dreams or this wicked thing, and I'm trying to rebuke the devil in Jesus' name, and, and I'm like, it's trying to come to me, and I, I go, I, and I can't get it out in Jesus' name, and then I wake up. My wife goes, oh, God, he's having one of those crazy dreams again. <clears throat> but what happens is sometimes we just, you know, it's amazing. Sometimes it's not even opening your mouth. France, you know, there's five Gospels. There's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then there's you. And most people won't read the first four. But people always watch you, read you, and look at you. Are you hearing me? And you know what? Especially when you start making a stand for Jesus, they'll look for any flaw or mistake. Let me just say this. There is no perfect person in this room. There's only people that are saying, you know what? I'm going to pursue God no matter what. If I fall, you know, it's like the Bible says if if we fall, the Bible says the righteous fall, but they rise again. You know, you don't stay there. You don't stay in that place of despair. How do you know? How do you find your calling? I'm glad you all ask all these great questions. The first thing you have to do, number one, is this, is you have to draw near to God. Say it with me. Say draw near to God. What does that look like, Pastor? Well, see, Psalms, David, who wrote most of the Psalms, says, David says, but for me, it is good to be near God. I have made the Lord my refuge that I may tell of all your works. What if you didn't feel like drawing near to God? You ever feel that way? Or we had those bad days. Anybody have one like just a bad day? How about a bad year? You know, just like a bad, and some of you go, well, man, I've had a bad life. <laughs> you know, but the reality is all of us go through hard times. All of us face things. 
But that shouldn't be something that keeps us down. That's why we need to draw near to God. That we don't allow, Listen, you cannot allow your emotions to dictate what you do. Can I just say that again? Too many people are living by their emotions and allow their emotions to dictate what is right and wrong and what they should do when the reality is you just need to step out and go, this is the, what I know I need to do. That sometimes, even if you don't feel like doing it, there's some mornings I don't, can I, can I make a confession? There's some mornings I don't feel like reading my Bible. There's some mornings I don't feel like praying. There's some days I don't feel like being nice. Sometimes I have days where the inner jerk wants to come out. Anybody know what that's like? Don't confess anything I don't need to know. But here's the reality. All of us face bad times. All of us face difficult situations and circumstances. All of us do. But all we have to do is draw near to God. Hebrews says, like, for the law made nothing perfect. But on the other hand, I like the other hand. But on the other hand, a a better hope is introduced. Through which we draw near to God. We can draw near because we come by grace. It's nothing that we've done. It's all what Christ Jesus has done for us on the cross. We know that he died for our sins. He made us, he washed us by his blood. But what we realize that I draw near to God. I can walk in confidence before God because I'm a son of God, been washed by the blood of Jesus. That I don't have to be fearful or doubtful that I can go and that God hears my request. God hears your request. He hears your cry. Sometimes the greatest cry and the greatest prayer you can ever pray is this, help! Everybody pray those prayers? You know, words can't explain it, but you just go, God, I'm trying. Come on, I got an echo in the house. Someone's preaching with me this morning. I knew I'd get somebody to go with me. He must be from Crowley. Anyway. But what happens is, is, it, is that we can draw near. See, Hebrews says it again. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance. Full assurance. Not thinking about it. Could be. Full assurance of faith. With our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. God has washed you. When you've given you, surrendered your life to Jesus, he washes you with his blood. He has made you clean. You can draw near to God. There's some days when I come in and I'm working and I'm working in my yard and I'm sweating. I got grass and I smell like B.O. bad, B.O. grass, you know, all gasoline, all that stuff. And I look at my wife and goes, hey, baby, give me a hug. She's like, right. She's like, through the shower, then I will give you a hug. But see, what what he's really trying to say here is that, you know what? God has given us a shower. You're clean. He wants to embrace you. What if you had a, what if you're in sin and you can't get free of it? Let's look at the guy who lived, we could look at Naked Boy. They lived in the cemetery. He was the first body piercer. He was just cutting himself. And what happens is when he saw Jesus from far off, the Bible says that he ran and he fell down. Before Jesus. You know what I love about that story? When the townspeople from Demopolis saw what had happened, they go, I got to scratch my back. I thought, anyway, that felt good. (laughs) Hey, listen, I got to scratch my back and I cannot bend over. If you drop a quarter or a dollar today, I ain't paying. I was working yesterday in my yard, painting my fence, 
redid some boards and everything else. I can't even bend over right now. But if you drop a bend, he might be my friend. But anyway, just I'll be motivated. You'll get that later. But here, I'm going back to the story. My ADD kicked in. And see, what happens is, is that we know this. When, when the townspeople of Demopolis in that area, which means, uh, uh, which means ten cities, they came and they saw, they saw Naked Boy. And the Bible says he was clothed and he was in his right mind and he was at the feet of Jesus. Let me ask you something. How many times do you need God just to clothe you? I'm so glad that none of us came to church naked this morning. That'd be a bad sight, wouldn't it? Clothes are the things that cover our nakedness. God covers our nakedness. Are you hearing me? He takes off those grave clothes and he puts on his grace clothes over our lives. And he sees us as a son and a daughter. And the Bible says, and he was in his right mind. I know this, when I draw near to God, that God begins to help me in my mind. Because sometimes I hear voices, and you do too. And those voices say, so, hey, you can't make it. You're not going to make it. Oh, you know, that husband you got, that old bag of dirt, you need to just dump him like a dirt pie. That's right. And the Lord comes, no, you don't. Oh, Lord, I wanted to. <laughs> Changing. But listen, you can pray God change them, but God may put you in your right mind and goes, no, I need you to change before I change them. And see, what God wanted to do, he puts us in his right mind, and the Bible says then he was at the feet of Jesus. What a great place to be at. And it doesn't mean you have to kneel down. It just means that you go, I'm getting in God's presence no matter what I go through, no matter what happens, no matter what. I remember I was preaching in downtown Detroit one time doing a church service. And this lady, I was talking about don't let the devil come at you. He come at you like a dog sometime. I talked about how a dog attacked me one time when I was a kid. And, and, and she, came, she came running the church. And it was at Pastor Tim's church when he was there. And she goes, oh, Pastor Bubba. I thought about that dog going after you. The devil was talking to me all morning, telling me not to come. But I ran through the alley. I said, the devil ain't going to chase me. And a dog was coming after me. And the devil was trying to use that dog. He said, I ran the church and I'm here. (laughs) And sometimes, you know what? No matter what you go through, no matter what you face, you go, I'm drawing near to God. What if you're grieving and going through a tough time? How about if you're mad at God because he just didn't show up like he thought he was supposed to? I met someone one time and they said, I I hate God. I'm mad at God. I said, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay to be mad at God. Why are you mad at God? And I began to, and it wasn't that they were really mad at God. They were just disappointed in life. And I know people that turn from God because they're dis- because things did. See, what they wanted to do, they wanted to control God and tell God what to do and how to do things for them rather than God saying, God, what do you want me to do? Thanks for all those amens. But see, Mary and Martha were mad at God for not coming and healing their brother Lazarus. Remember? So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary remained seated in the house. When she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, The teacher is here, and he's calling for you. And when she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. What if you have no hope anymore? 
Peter was like that. Remember, he denied Christ three times. He said, I'm giving up the ministry. He went back fishing. Remember? He denied him. And then the disciples see, I'm not going to read this, but you can go to John 21. Your disciples, Peter's just fishing. He's going, I'm going back to business, get my employees. We're going to start up. We're going to start it up again. Get the rigor mortis out. So he gets out there and all of a sudden, goes, hey, Peter. It's the Lord. The Lord that loves you. And the Bible says he jumped in the water and swam to the shore. Isn't it amazing that sometimes we put ourselves in predicaments? What if we've been away from God for a long time? How about the prodigal son? Let me ask you something. How many of you know a prodigal? Someone that's away from God? How many of you say, I am the prodigal? Or you, I was the prodigal. I was. What if you've been away from God for a long time? Luke says it like this. And he rose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him. Because he began to draw near to his father. These are examples how God draws near to us. And he felt compassion. And, and that compassion means he didn't understand why his son did what he did. He didn't understand why, but he just says, I, I feel compassion why he's my son. And he ran, embraced him, and kissed him. I love what, when you see the, the things that the father gave his son, he gave him a robe, which is just like I shared with, with Naked Boy. He was clothed. God, he got, his father covered him. God covers us. His father gave him a ring. And the ring represented, you have authority as a son. You know what? You have authority in the name of Jesus as a son and daughter. Are you hearing me? You have authority. The Bible says we don't fight against flesh and blood, but we fight against principalities and and spirits in high places. But we have the authority of Jesus. Listen, when Jesus walks in the room, come on. I'm telling you, you represent him. You are ambassador. That's what ambassador is. You represent a kingdom that people don't see, but you represent. And the, the next thing he gave him, he gave him shoes or sandals that represented only free men had sandals. And you know what? God brings freedom in our life, gives us authority, and covers us with his grace. I can stop and preach that right there. But see, here it is. I'm not, I just want you to remember, I'm not, I'm just telling you, It's always good to draw near to God. You'll never discover or find your calling for God unless you draw near to God. The second point that I want to talk to you about this morning is this. Discover and develop your gifts. Discover and develop your gifts. Say it with me. Discover and develop. Listen to me. My gifts. It's your gift given by God. Your gift. You ever try to take, you ever notice like at Christmas time or, or uh, birthdays when one of your kids gets something, everybody wants to play with their new toys? You ever notice that? And, and they lose parts and things like that. And you can't, oh, you Billy play with my dang and he blow. You know, anyway. But right here, I want you, I would read the whole chapter, but this is where we're going. First Corinthians chapter 12. I told you, keep your finger in there. Now you can read with me. And it says, 
For the bo- I'm going to start at verse 12 through 14. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chooses. All the members are important. Every member is important. The ones you can't see are the most important. What do you mean, Pastor Brown? See, the ones that stand on the platform like this, we're not the most important. It's the things you don't see that are important. You know who's the most important people right now in our church? The people we don't see. They're, the, they're, they are, they are, they're working with our OSC kids. We don't see them, but we're glad they're there. Extremely important people, aren't they? If you have children, aren't they important? We're not giving them red, red Kool-Aid and giving them like, you know, uh, I don't know, something to hype them up. But you have people back there that are pointing your children towards Jesus and loving God and loving Jesus and giving their time. I encourage you to do something this morning. Listen to me. When you see them go pick up your kids, can you do me a big favor? Tell them thank you for what they do. Just tell them thank you. Is that okay? Can you do that? I'm asking a question. Can you do that? I'm hard of hearing. Okay, thank you. I really am asking my wife. But anyway, she calls it selective hearing. But anyway, but here it is. Think about this. It's like, think about the things that you don't see, like even in your body. The most important things in your body, your organs that you don't see. Think about Noah's Ark. The boards you can't see, can't see the, under the water are the most important. Why? Because they're holding up the whole ark. It's holding it up. You don't see it, but it's the most important. Romans says it like this. Romans 12 says, 12, 4 through 6. For as in one body we have many members... And the members do not all have the same function. And you know what? Aren't you glad? Let me just stop right here. I just got, I'm thinking, aren't you glad God gave us taste buds? Aisha. I mean, people, listen, people go to vacation for pretty spots all over the world. But people go on vacation to eat here. People literally come to Louisiana to eat on vacation. Did you know that? All right. So I'm just saying, thank God for taste buds. Can we imagine if we didn't have taste buds? Wow. Anyway, thank you, Jesus. So we, though many are one body in Christ and individually members one of another, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. In other words, there are gifts that are given to us. There are people that are just generous people that can give you their time. There are some people that are generous. They give finances to help people. There are some people that are, that are just good at things. The Bible says you find a man that has skill. This is what the Bible says. And he will have honor. And it also says he'll never be without a job. It's amazing how the oil feels down. But if you try to find a carpenter right now, you can't find a carpenter. If you're a carpenter, come see me after service. I got something I want you to do for me. Anyway, um, 
Here's the thing. Let's discover and develop. You know, it's like there are people that are intercessors. They're, that means they pray. There are people that pray. They have a heart and a gift to pray for things, people. I have people that are intercessors for me that are mature Christians. They didn't start out mature, but they learned to pray, and they pray for me. They pray for my wife. They pray for my marriage. They pray for my children. You know, there's certain days they pray for different things. Let them know I'm going on vacation. They pray, you know, whatever. Or I'm, going, I'm traveling. I'm going somewhere. And so this morning, I want you to... You got to start develop. You got to start developing your gift. It just doesn't just doesn't happen. Just like if you guys are in an oil field, you know a guy has to wear a certain color helmet because you got to be careful of him because he's new in the oil field and he may be dangerous because he don't know what to do. Right? So, but you got guys that have worked there for years. They know what to do. They know how to work things. They know how to make things happen. And so when you when you discover your gift, it's got to be developed. It's just like. You know, it's like if you get a gift, it's something you've got to read. Sometimes to put something together, my son got a Lego set for one of his birthday gifts, and you have to read the instructions to put it together right. So what you have to do, the same way with us, if you want your life put together right, you may need to get the owner's manual. And pull it out and go, this is what it says. You know, this book right here, it'll teach you how to have a good marriage teach you how to raise children, how to run your business, how to do finances right, how to make good decisions. You know, that's what this book does. When you have conflict with someone, what do you do? You just got to search it. Bible, Jesus says, seeking you shall find. Knock and it will be open to you. Some of you just haven't been seeking. Some of you haven't been knocking. Are you hearing me? You know, it's kind of like when I used to go play basketball and stuff at one of the schools. And I remember they used to have these girls that could chant. She goes, go back, go back, go back to the swamp. Your team ain't got no spirit and your coach is a chump. I said, go back, go back. And I, I go, wow. Why are you saying that? Because, you know, sometimes we just, we, we just, we don't check it out. And we hear words said. And we allow those things to get us. And well, I just can't, I, I just can't do that. Do you know what your spiritual gifts are? You got to learn to develop them. Here's the last point. It's real easy. Do something. Just do something. See, the first week, Pastor Josh talked about drawing near to God. It just the same thing as knowing God. You got to know God. Discover and develop your gift is the same thing as growing. I got to grow in God constantly. And the last one, just do something. That means you just need to glow for God. It's just one message. You just get to preach it different ways. But here's the thing. When you start off, you might not start out at the top, right? I have a friend of mine. His name's uh, Randy Lee. He used to play. He's the fastest drummer ever recorded. And he used to be the drummer for the Apollo and I've traveled with him, and he's a crazy guy. He's fun to be with. But he has a saying. He says, I just, God's like this. got to take you from the bottom of the rack to the top of the stack if you look at him and you serve him. You're going to start off at the bottom, but you may be at the top down at the end of your life. But here's the thing. you got to just say, when you start off, you might not start at the top. Just because you have a calling to preach And you read a chapter this week? That doesn't mean you're going to stand up here and preach at OSC. Do you understand what I'm saying? 
You might need, you need to get some experience, get a little longevity, get a little track record so we can see. Hello. See, you know where Elisha was when he started? You know, he had the double anointing. He was actually Elijah's, Elijah's servant. And King Jehoshaphat was out on assignment and he was saying, we need a word from God. We need a word. And he sees, he sees Elisha and he goes, you used to pour the water on Elijah's hands. And he was the man that God wanted to use to give a word. See, you remember he had a double anointing. But guess what he was? You know what God used him to be? The water boy. He started out as the water boy. Then you look at Paul. How did Paul start? People go, man, he was a great apostle. But look what, I'll tell you what, Acts 11. Now in those days, prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. And one of them, uh, one of them's name was Agabus, which he had more than just this prophecy in the New Testament. Stood up and foretold by the spirit that there would be great famine over the world. This took place in the days of Claudius. So the disciples determined everyone according to his ability to send relief to, to the brothers living in, in Judah. And they did so, sending it to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. So Barnabas and Paul's first ministry assignment was carrying a bag that said First National Bank of Jerusalem. To the, and what they did is they carried the offering and they went from city to city to bring relief to the city. Because I've learned this. They showed that they trust. They, they were showing that they trusted Paul and they trusted Barnabas. By the way, if you can't handle God's money, you can definitely, you can't handle God's ministry either. I'll say that again. If you can't handle God's money, you can't handle God's ministry. And see, I, I just know this. When I started in ministry, let me just say this. Y'all should be glad that we did not come here and start this church when I first got saved. And you would have been the guinea pigs of me preaching. Because I would have run all of y'all off. Because you know where I started? I started out on McKinley Street. That's the strip in Lafayette. And the strip is where all the bars used to be, the keg, Mother's Mantle, French Quarter, all that. When I was there, they're all different now. Went there last week, didn't drink. No, I'm just eating. No, but can I, I used to have a bar ministry. I got saved, through, and, and the next day I was sharing with all my friends at bars and stuff. I, I haven't drank, I haven't drank in a drop of alcohol in 30, I'm thinking how many years? 36 years, okay? I mean, I'm like this. I don't need it. God took it from me. I didn't want it. I know what it did in my life, so I don't need to go back to it. Whatever you try to justify, that's up to you. But to me, for me to go back would be for me to go back to sin. It'd be like me, like the Bible says, like a dog returning to his vomit. You ever seen that? Anyway, that's what it'd be like for me. Okay, going back to the story. Where did I start? I started out on McKinley Street sharing with my friends about Jesus. I started sharing with my friends wherever I'd go. I'd go to bars. I had a motorcycle. I'd ride a bar. I mean, I was going through Bible school one time. I said, man, man we had nothing to do. And I rode into a bar. Walked in, I ordered a Coke, and I ended up talking to a guy about Jesus, led him to the Lord. In Lufkin, Texas. Think about that. I mean, and it's like, and then after that, I went to Bible college, and I went, and, and then I lived on the, I worked in the streets for eight years. I lived in, in, uh, 
Salvation Army homes, uh, mission homes, preached at college campuses, at UT campus, Baylor University. I, I preached in, uh, I remember one time preaching at Wichita State in uh, Wichita, Kansas. And I get up there and it's I have a free speech alley where you get to speak open live to you know, people. And I go, hey, I come, the, I come today to talk to you in the name of Jesus Christ. And I started, and I just started, started out that way. And there was a guy in the crowd and he goes, well, I come in the name of Satan. And everybody's like, what you going to do about that? And I go, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. And the guy literally went like this. And I said, it's, it's his time, and I'll talk to you after I finish. And the cool thing is I ended up meeting him in the student lounge and led him to the Lord. Amen. And so I look at that, and I go, I didn't start. Listen, I'm, you know what my famous message was? You're going to hell. In fact, I was talking to my son the other day. I was saying, you know, I need to preach a message about hell. When's the last time? Let me ask. How many of y'all would like me, me or Pastor Josh just to preach one message on hell? Yeah. Just hell. What, what hell is, all that. And I, I already found out my title. What in hell do you want? That's going to be my title. <laughs> going back to the message. I didn't start preaching here. I had to develop my gift. And you should be glad. And see, for you, don't get discouraged in what you're doing right now because you're developing a gift that God has given you. Are you, are you hearing me? Yes. You're developing a gift. The Bible says in James, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. What does that look like? What is, I mean, you know what that really, what that scripture is really saying? Draw near to God means run and hug God. When you have nothing else to do, run. You ever feel like that? I'm running to God now. I ain't playing. I mean, I have one of my grandsons. He's got a real special heart in my heart. He's got a real special place in my heart. His name's Peter. He's Zach's and Claire's third little son. And he's actually my fourth or fifth grandson. I don't know wherever, but grandchild. But I love when Peter comes to my house. You know why? He calls me Papa. That's, I'm not Paul Paul. I'm Papa. So when he comes to my house, he's two years old. He comes to my house, he goes. And when he comes, like, he runs to go see me. He goes, Papa! And he runs. And he comes and he jumps in my arms and I hug him. And the first thing he wants to say, he can't say, he didn't say cat. He goes, where's the meow, Papa? Because we get Nerf guns and shoot the cat. <laughs> hey, man. Cats are from the devil. And anyway, we're trying to, make him, hey, <laughs> trying to teach him while he's young. Anyway, y'all know me and my, my thing about cats. Anyway, anybody's been here long enough. But he goes, Papa, Meow. And the other day we shot it and it was hiding. I thought, you know, I got Peter. Uh, the, the, meow went night night. So now he comes to my house. He goes, Papa, meow, night night. <laughs> like, you know. But the cool thing is when he runs and he comes and hugs me. I wish I had it on video. I really do. It, it's so cool. Because it just says something to me. And see. We're going to pray in just a little bit, like we always do. And I want you today, if you need to run to God, run to Him. That you run to Him. That you draw near to Him. Because, see, listen, religion will tell you all the things, the do's and don'ts. But a relationship says run to God. A relationship with God is always, I'm going to run to him. Listen, when I was living the way I used to live, thinking I was all that, 
religion never got me anywhere. Listen, I, y'all know my story. Mother was Methodist, Baptist daddy, Jehovah Witness grandma, charismatic grandma. Mama left my dad, married another man. He was Catholic. I, religion didn't help me one bit. I used to go to the Baptist Sunday school. Nothing against the Baptists. But we had the wicked witch of the East, and she wasn't getting my quarter. When I went to Catholic school, I drank the holy water. Someone told me I was going to die. It was good. It was cold. And I wasn't going outside. It was raining. I was thirsty. And I'm here today. Religion didn't help me. I remember sitting, I remember sitting in church and just going, this is the most boring place on the entire place on the earth. Why are we here? And then, you know what? In my desperation... In my desperation, I did my best and I saw where it got me. Nowhere. But that my grandmother was care, but my charismatic grandmother, she prayed for me. She called me up. Y'all have heard the story. I don't want to repeat it. But I believe those prayers, when I got to the bottom of my life, I just said, God, this is what I said. God, if you're real, show me. And God started showing me things. In a rock concert, God reveals himself to me. I'm going to my, oh, turn on my TV at home. The guy's talking about Jesus at 3 o'clock in the morning. But there was something about that name. The next day, I just said, God, you're real. You're, wrecking my, you're showing up in my world. And at that moment, I knew I needed to run to God. And that's when I met my pastor. He prayed with me. And that's 36 years ago on May 15th, 1980. And that's how long. I couldn't do anything for three weeks before that. Too much less three hours. But it's what God has done. Listen, when I walked through with cancer, first thing I did was go to my knees. God, you're the same God that saved me. You're the same God that will help me walk through this. No matter what you go through, look at me. No matter what you go through, no matter what you face, if your relationship, your marriage is where it needs to be, if you're at a place where you go, you know, I'm just not where I want to be, or maybe you're at a place where you, you got a bad report, or you're at a place where you just feel like numb, you can run to God. Are you hearing me? You can run to God, because that's all it means. I'm running to God, and I'm going to get, I'm going to hug you, and I'm not letting you go. Bible says if you draw near to him, he'll draw near to you. What, here's a question. What is God saying to you? What do you need to run to God for? I gave you examples at the beginning of the message. How different people had to run to God. And when they ran to God, what God did and how God delivered them. He's the same God that delivered them, can deliver you. He's the same God that can help you, that helped them. The Bible says he's the same today as he was yesterday, and he'll be like that tomorrow. He's the same. But sometimes in our mind, we go, well, that was back then, and, you know, I don't need that anymore. God just don't do miracles anymore. I've heard people like that. Are you crazy? Get sick. You'll believe for a miracle. I met religious people. Oh, you know, that was for the back in them days. I go, well... I'm glad we're not living in back in them days because I like air conditioners. I like four-wheel drive. I like to go goose hunting with a Benelli. I mean, I'm like all that stuff. But here's a question. 
So you're going to believe that? You're going to cut God off from doing what you need him to do in your life? Are you crazy? Hello? What do you need? What do you need God to do? What's God saying to you? You don't have a burden for people who just need to come back to God. They need that comeback story. I just need to come back. Listen, you know how God is? He's like that that father looking. And when he sees you coming, he's like this. And he sees if your pace is a little slow, he's going to run towards you. And when you meet him, there's that embrace. I remember going to my daddy. One of the greatest examples in my life. Tell him I gave my life to Jesus. He hugged me, embraced me, kissed me on the lips. And he said, son, it's the greatest decision you'll ever make. And I just believe this. When you run to God, doesn't matter what your father was like here on this earth. He's the father you always dreamed of having. He's waiting. He's just waiting. He's waiting to embrace you. Maybe like your parents never did. And you feel like, I've never had it. When I it was embraced, if someone wanted something, God doesn't want anything, but you're good. That's all he wants. If you have a need, if it's your health, your finances, your relationship, just come back to Jesus, guys. It's that simple. It's just come back to the one that loves you, the one that speaks to you, the one, as I've been speaking this morning, that all of a sudden, you go, oh, yeah, that's right. He's been speaking to you. He's not dead. He's alive. He rose from the tomb. He sent his spirit to speak to us. You're not alone. Hello. You're not by yourself. Pastor, you don't know it. No, I don't. But you're not alone. And the Bible says, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. You don't want to look up the word never. It means never in the Greek and in the Hebrew. Never. That means he never will. I've learned this. When I've been faithless, God still is faithful to me. Let's pray. Just need to run to God this morning, guys. How many of you say, Pastor Bubba, I needed to hear that message because I'm not at a place where I needed to be, but I'm going to run back to God this morning. Today, I'm running back. If that's you, no one looking around, just raise your hand. Pastor, I needed that. I'm running back to God this morning. Thank you. Anyone else? Come on. Just raise your hand. Be honest. Be real. Thank you. Thank you. Put it down. Thank you. Thank you. Put it down. Thank you. Many people. Anyone else? Not going to beg. Okay, let's. Maybe you hear this morning and say, Pastor, I'm not even serving God. And I want to give my life to Jesus. I need him in my life. I realize you've been speaking this morning. I see God's goodness. The Bible says this. It's the goodness of God that draws men and women to himself. God loves you. Maybe you're here this morning and say, Pastor, I want, to, I want to give my life completely to God and serve him from this day forward. If that's you, just raise your hand. I'm going to pray with you. I pray with you. Thank you. 
Anyone else? Thank you. You Put it down. Anyone else? Okay. Can can we all just pray this prayer together for those that have raised their hand? Can we do that this morning? Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe on the cross you took my guilt, my sin, and my shame. You died for it. I believe you faced hell for me so I wouldn't have to go. You rose from the dead to give me a place in heaven, a purpose on earth, in a relationship with your Father. Today I turn away from sin to be born again. And I receive you as my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name.